Try Audible Plus free for 30 days. Audible Plus is a brand new all-you-can-listen membership that offers access to thousands of titles, including a vast variety of audiobooks, podcasts, and originals that span genres, lengths, and formats. Access Audible Originals, including documentaries, theater, and sleep programs, all made to be heard. Plus, audiobooks, including fan favorites and most loved genres like mystery and thrillers and motivation. Audible Plus also allows you to tune into podcasts like Conversations on Dance, an exclusive series ad-free. Get Audible Plus now, free for 30 days and just $7.95 a month after that. Or give the gift of Audible this holiday season. To learn more, visit amazon.com slash shop slash conversations on dance or click the link in the show notes. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. On today's episode of Conversations on Dance, we are joined by Houston Ballet's artistic directors, Stanton Welsh and Julie Kent. Stanton looks back on 20 years leading the Houston Ballet, while the two of them give us an inside look at what their shared leadership roles mean to both of them and the organization at large, while also offering a glimpse into what audiences can expect from the company this season and into the future. If you are in the Houston area and would like to purchase tickets to Houston Ballet's 2023-24 season, visit HoustonBallet.org. Stanton and Julie, thank you both for joining us this afternoon. We are so excited to talk to both of you about this incredible collaboration you have going on at Houston Ballet right now. We've been lucky enough to have both of you on in the past. But Julie, as we were discussing before we got on the call, it's been seven years since we last talked to you. (laughs) And it's kind of a funny thing to think about because it was very early days for us. I think you were probably, I mean, one of our first 20 interviews and now we've done over 350 or something. But it was also an, a, a very different time for you. You were just at the beginning of your post at Washington Ballet. So I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what your first experience was like directing a company and how how it met or 
shifted your expectations and um you know it's, it's a lot to get in in one question but you know <laughs> just give us a little you know right. <laughs> overview yeah um i'm i'm trying to think about what my expectations were it feels like a lifetime ago <laughs> i'm sure um, <laughs> same. <laughs> it kind of feels like before you have kids, like after you have children, you don't even remember like what you did before you had children. You don't know what you did with your time. You don't, it's like, wondered kind of like it. that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, when I really think big picture, what I, I got so much out of that experience that I wouldn't have even known that I, I would never have anticipated. Um, I learned so much that I, um, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I couldn't have anticipated the things that I, that I learned that I, I really uh, just, that, that I didn't, I didn't even know that I, that there was there to learn, which is great. Um, as far as, you know, big part of, I, I think what I uh, talked to you about was um, my desire to be the person that says yes, the, to be the person that does something because they're afraid to leave. Uh, I mean, you know, as you know, I, I walked into the doors of ABT when I was 16 and for 30 years, I had the same lockers, I had the same colleagues, I mean, obviously, people came and left, but the, the that was my entire life for until I was 46 years old. And to, so to have the courage to leave that um, was a really big, um, it was a big decision. And I, a lot of the reason why I did it was really to, to show my kids that you got to have courage in life and that you have to have uh, believe in yourself. And that if I was going to give that kind of advice to them, that I better have the guts to give it to myself and take it. Um, and what I really came to remember is, you know, the, all those profound reasons and wanting to to make a difference, uh, to make a contribution in the artistic and cultural landscape of the nation's capital. Um, all of those you know, sort of profound reasons, uh, I just kept reminding myself that nowhere on the list was, and it's going to be easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't, yeah. but all of the things that I learned, um, the people that I met, um, the contributions that I made, and the experience as a family, working with my husband in a, in a whole different kind of way, um, and how the environment that my children experienced for seven years was really, really formative and positive and wonderful. And I, I'm really grateful uh, that I had the experience and that I did have the courage to, to make that decision. And and um, so, yeah. Is, is there one thing that you achieved there that you feel most proud of looking back? I'm never a one thing kind of person. Give us a few. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Even I... Even better. I... 
I'm very proud of the work that uh, the impact that we had on the school and the community um, in relationships that I made and developed with um, the historically Black ballet schools in Washington, D.C. area, which are many and which I didn't know about at all um, before I came to Washington. And so discovering much more about the history of ballet in Washington, D.C., besides the Washington Ballet, and understanding how all of those organizations played a very important role in, in ballet over 75 years, not just 10 or 15, 20 years, but for, you know, parallel histories and mm-hmm. um, how incorporating that history into the entire artistic um, tapestry of Washington, D.C. was really important because a lot of those stories weren't being told or celebrated or um, at all incorporated into the to the ballet culture scene in D.C., um, and so that was a really important part of of what I felt like um, uh, I put a lot of my intention and focus on the the expansion of the repertoire, the development of the dancers, the um, experiences, the touring that we did, um, and the culture shift. Uh, you know, I'm a I am a real believer in the art form. Um, and uh, I put that at the top of the pyramid or at, at the, you know, it's at the front of the ship always because I believe in it. And um, so, yeah, those are a few highlights. Yeah. I, I love that you led with um, your, um, you know, push for those historically black schools that are associated with Washington Ballet because we've had on two educators, Monica Stevenson and Damian Johnson, who were very, um, you know, excited about everything you were doing there. They were working for you and had just the nicest things to say. So we can link to those episodes if people want to hear more more gushing for Julie. Um, So Stanton, uh, we kind of have, I guess, a similar question for you, kind of just giving us a a reflection on what is now a super important um, celebratory year for you. You've been at Houston Ballet as director for 20 years. Um, That's an incredible milestone. And um, yeah, so I think we'd just love to hear a little bit about what your expectations were at the beginning. You had obviously worked with the company prior to, um, you know, being put at that post. But um, what did you come in thinking you wanted to achieve? And now 20 years later, how do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think for me, a large portion of it was that Ben had created and James uh, before Ben a company that was really focused on creating new work and that the choreographer uh, was as important a part of that conversation as the dancers. And so when I first started working here with Ben, I really felt that concentration from the company and they were very dedicated in the rehearsal room. Um, So for me, it was about making sure that that didn't leave the dance scape. There aren't many choreographer-based companies and there aren't many companies that really uh have that kind of focus so for me that was super important to maintain and to grow and that 
what does that mean? And it means many things beyond just having great dancers and the focus in the room. That is a given, and that was here when I arrived. But it was the production value, the music value, the, the sense of rehearsal that you can do a tech rehearsal or a dress rehearsal, have several hours of thought and rework and rehearsal prior to the next rehearsal. Those kind of really special things about Houston Ballet I thought were really important to fight for and and to make them sort of our what we did, what our mission was or my mission initially was that to create an Eden for creation. Mm -hmm. So what does that need to have in it? And it needs to be fertile and everything that they touch and think about is there. That doesn't mean an unlimiting no. It means sometimes there's lots of no's. But it's really that investigation of trying to not make that be the case. Um, and I think that the company really has really been that focus. Like, I love when choreographers arrive, be it John Newmeyer or Justin Peck or someone new, young, starting their careers, that they can feel that intensity in the room. And then as a creator, that sort of liberates you. Like, I feel like even as the director, I have to make myself run to keep up with the company because they're ready to do more and go further. And I need to be prepared like that too. And I, that I think is really inspiring and, and creates good work because often companies don't support the creation as well as they should. Um, they do with the great dancers and maybe a great designer, but it takes a lot more than that to make the show great. Yeah. So they were important to me. And then moving into the new building and, and getting away from where we were, I think really changed us from feeling uh, more provincial into something really world-class and that the theatre has always been that way, but our building is that way. Our school has escalated. We, yeah, I, I, so I feel all those things were part of the plan, but they don't feel done, of course. They don't feel right. anywhere near done. <laughs> and that's just kind of dancer brain, you know. I, I can do more, I can do more, I can do more. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so th that's that cycle for me. But I... I did think from it was important that there was a place that you felt that the creation of work was really a focus. It was really something that everyone was coming to and giving everything, their real everything. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned it's already it was already rare or becoming more, more rare um, 20 years ago to have a choreographer at the helm of a company. I can, But I can think of companies then, and now I just try to do like a quick rundown in my head, and I'm drawing blanks. It's it's really maybe just you. And then I think that the, this, <laughs> now that this, uh, <laughs> but this new, um, this new era with Julie uh, at your side, you guys working in tandem, is kind of allowing you to almost double down on that, um, identity that that now you can even continue to to focus even further on that aspect of Houston Ballet's identity. Exactly. And I think that, you know, our jobs in the last four or five years have really changed. There's no doubt about that. I think any director would say what is required, what workplaces are required are different. Um, I think it's great to have companionship and also, just the what is it called? The life work balance that we hear all the time that we're looking for for the people that work. What's well, that, that? Helps too. Yeah. We that too. And I think that people keep forgetting that directors and choreographers and that. And COVID was one of the roughest periods of, of my life for my art form. 
and I really struggled seeing people that I love and and uh, and admire struggling. And it was just not something everyone was sort of talking about. And I felt like this to me just seemed to make sense. It felt like support. It felt like uh, I I know Julie's warmth and that radiance that she can bring. Um, I think it just felt like it's better to share it. It does it certainly doesn't need doesn't need to be one person. Uh, I'm so nice. being the bodyguard behind the beauty. That can be the beast. Um, you know, it's. <laughs> I also think it's so nice that you got. No, this is an audio platform, but we're looking at you guys sitting next to each other. I just think it's so nice. We can tell you have a nice camaraderie. I just like talk about rare. I feel like that's also quite rare to have this kind of shift in the way the company is being run to, you know, a joint position and being happy about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking the other night about how much I loved partnering because you were there and you felt just involved and you were really there, but mm -hmm. there was someone else there that you were focusing on making correct and giving everything to. And then it feels like you're giving rather than seeking for yourself. And that, actually I find makes me stronger and more determined in a way because it's defensiveness for not just, hey, this is how I want it. It, it can be something bigger than that, and I think that that's great. And I, I think a male-female energy is great, and I think different personality types is great. And as we're trying to find organisations for the dancers to, to have different people to connect to, then the more people there are to connect to I think is, is also better. Feeling like we're solving about the ballet world's problems here while we're talking about <laughs> this. creating them, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> no, but well, it, at least there'd be new problems. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, how you first met and when you first worked together. I loved reading in the press release um, about it because I, I'm pretty sure I was here in New York for the premiere of this work. So maybe you can talk a little bit about it. I think I came over as a student to see it. So, <laughs> Well, um, it, it was the fall of 2001 and ABT was on tour in Kansas City and we got news of the attacks at the World Trade Center. And so all the flights were grounded and ABT took a bus uh, across the country. We had performances in San Diego and then in Berkeley and then in Seattle. And that's where we were meeting Stanton, who was going to start choreographing the ballet that was going to become clear. And um, yeah, I'll never forget that first rehearsal. I'd heard a lot about Stanton. It was from Australia. My mother's from New Zealand, so I already have an affinity for, pe for, for people from that part of the, the world. Southerners <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and, you know, it was a very vulnerable time in the world. We were all grieving and so unsure about everything. And um, also um not finding words to express, which makes, uh, you know, why we're all dancers anyway, is because we don't need them. Um, 
And then I just remember that first rehearsal and the first movement that we did was just, yeah, the Potter did. We started with on me and, and Stanton and the first movement, which is like wiping tears away. And then we did, we, I think we finished that Potter de very quickly uh, there in Seattle and then uh, went back to New York and, Piece it all together and premiered it at at City Center and and just last week we Houston Ballet was part of Fall for Dance and we performed Clear back in the studios at City Center and on the stage and so it was a lot of full circle moments and there were other members of the original cast in the audience so that was fun and um, yeah so it was a really special uh time for us Stanton and I are the same age um so that has a you know there there were it's interesting how environmental experiences like going through the same things in life mm -hmm. at the same age really do you automatically connect and understand uh what it was like growing up being a teenager during the cold war when there was east east germany and this and IRA. the soviet union and yeah, the bombings in ireland like yeah. and no internet like no the information superhighway wasn't even an idea no cell phones like what it was like and i don't feel like we're that old but, but so, yeah no you're not <laughs> different worlds really different so anyway um yeah we've maintained our friendship over all these years and and then really uh reconnected during covid when this whole thing this zoom situation <laughs> became a thing well i'm going to be a bit more of a stalker because of course <laughs> I, I watched julie in the movie dances when i was before i started ballet <laughs> I was maybe 16 and had that VHS for a very long time. And, and of uh, course, our generation saw her in center stage all the time. So. Right, right. <laughs> We're with you on that. Yeah. So I knew coming in, you know, that I, Anhal and Julie were the two dancers that I asked to have in the piece. So I'd had that focus. Um, so I was a bit more starstruck with Julie when I first met her than. Uh, the reverse question about <laughs> I didn't know any of that. We were the only two people on the plane, do you remember? And that was right after, you know, it was the flight starting to open up again and we right. both flew back like on an overnight or like a red eye or something. Yeah. And I just remember <laughs> sitting on the plane like that <laughs> just, and it was empty and it was just a strange time. It was, yeah. Yeah. That's so I like that the story of that connection. I wonder when did the initial idea come up to potentially have a co-artistic director? Um, I sort of talked a little bit about with Julie about coming down. We joked a little bit about we it. We joked about it. Um, you know, like, oh, I'd love you know, <laughs> and then one time I joked about it and uh, I she was so fast in her response, and then I was like, Oh. And then I went to Jim and I said, I think that I'm meeting our money people. And I was like, I think that this could work. We just, this is what it is. And yeah. And then within like two or three weeks, we had made it function. So, I mean, I just wow. felt, 
yeah, I think it was all it was all good. It didn't have any uh, long gestation period. I had worked with Jonathan. We have worked with Jonathan and Wendy. You see Tamara arriving with, I, I can't remember the lady's name. But, I mean, I do think that as the meeting requirements for directorships just went through the roof mm. um, to have somebody else there, and we started really... I think supporting each other during the COVID times with, oh my God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just sure. back up that. And it, it felt good. And I know when I went to do the piece at Washington, you, you know, uh, Julie's family is very uh, a Norman Rockwell painting and you feel very <laughs> warm and fuzzy. And I thought, wouldn't that be great to have that in Houston? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it was all it was it came quickly, I think, but we talked about it a little bit before. I, I think there's decades of of trust and and love, and that's what I've always had with my partners. And I mean, you all know who I've danced with, and I have that kind of very intimate trust in the people that I work with. And so it feels like home. Like I, I believe in Stanton, mm-hmm. and he believes in me, and we really trust each other and love each other, and and want each other to be in a position where we can both continue to fulfill our potential, and that's the environment we want to create for others as well. But it's also like he said, it has to be for us too, because mm-hmm. we, you know, we're all keepers of the flame mm. the flame is the art you know the, so and I think certainly as a ballet parent and you feel like a ballet parent as a director it's great to have I mean I, what a great you know I brought the Brady mum down to mix with us and you know I, I, I felt so great for the dancers here to have the experience with Julie. I thought that that really felt like something special and unique and and feminine and and warm and how are you, you know, where are you from and all those things, which, you know, we can get (laughs) lost in in the business a bit. And Julie is good at that with grounding you and making you feel like a person again before you talk about how do you raise the money to do the thing. (laughs) Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we could delve into that sort of thing a little bit more. I mean, you mentioned how um, the sort of responsibilities for artistic directors has really ballooned 
I mean, you know, whenever I hear about people wanting wanting to apply for that position, I just think that it sounds scary because it feels like we get further and further away from the art component. The way that I often view them is like, oh, that poor artistic director is just having to go out there and like bail the company out from a COVID disaster or, you know, natural disaster, whatever is happening. And now um, I think having both of you on board will should allow you both to focus more on the art of your directorship. So maybe we can hear how you're splitting some of the duties and and if it's if you already feel a little bit relieved not having to just to sit in boardrooms all day, you can share that now. <laughs> I mean, I think it, kind of exactly what you said at the beginning and what our intention is is to allow uh, time and space for us to really lean into our strengths and so that everybody can get the best from both of us. Um, and you know, that, that it's going to change over time. And I am, I am so impressed with Houston ballet, like wowed in so many ways. And this is coming from somebody who spent their whole life living in a ballet company. And I haven't, I've also danced a lot of places outside of the U.S. And so obviously my home was at ABT, but I, I, I danced at a lot of different places. So I've seen a lot of different waters to swim in. <laughs> and I mean, I am just every day I am so impressed. Not It's not just how exceptional the dancers are, how wonderful the productions are, how impressive the building and the theater but how how many really interesting and insightful young professionals work in all different departments here and how invested the community is in the success and the health of the organization, how much they believe in its power to um, impact and positively contribute to the people of Houston and and then, in going outside, you know, the 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 ramifications outside the Houston community and, and uh, nationally, globally. And all of that to somebody again who has just this this is my life, to see it working at such a high level is so inspiring to me and so um I'm just so grateful that it it others that it works right and mm -hmm. and Houston has made it work and it and it hasn't just it's not hasn't just gotten this way like people have worked for it for a really long time but they've done it really well and they've built the foundation and they built the infrastructure and they believe because they really believe in it and um that is uh what I, I mean, I'm just, I'm so honored to be a part of it. And um, yeah, that's my, that's my share. How, what else? What was the original question? <laughs> I just kept thinking yeah. Ferrari, Ferrari, Ferrari. Right, Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. How you're splitting up, kind of like sharing your oh, responsibilities. Yeah. Well, Stanton's just choreographed the most beautiful ballet. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. Hey, tell us all about it. You want me to tell <laughs> uh -oh. anything? <laughs> <laughs> my is piano concerto number one, 
Mm. And it is so beautiful. And it's his 20th anniversary Jubilee celebration. So the first act will be highlights of uh, many of the ballets that he choreographed here at Houston Ballet over the past 20 years. And then the second act is um, three world premieres by dancer choreographers that he has developed and nurtured since they were in the school. Two women and, and one young man. And then the third act is this Tchaikovsky Piano Concerto Number One, and I mean, I was, I was amazed at, mm. at, uh, I, I mean, I was really kind of speechless of how beautiful and how he, just one dancer after the next came out and did these, these solo variations that were so that made their all of the their brilliance shine so brightly their unique qualities and then all of the the ensemble work um and how the dancers uh worked together and helped each other and the camaraderie and the determination i mean all of these things that um they just they all did so naturally and there was no drama there was no like oh it's so hard or, and it was so hard <laughs> <laughs> they're like we got this no problem yeah, but they're like okay this is what we do you know and oh so and he's been able to produce that in the last few months and um yeah when will that be happening um, december 1st yeah very exciting. Stanton, can you talk about the process a little bit? I so I used to be obsessed with the Van Cliburn recording. Oh uh, yeah. Concerto. Right. It's so beautiful. And so I'm super excited that you chose it. I feel like a lot of choreographers shy away from it because it's a pretty iconic piece of music, but Absolutely. why not? It's so it is very danceable. So so what did what was your process? And can you kind of um set the scene for us? Tell us a little bit about what audiences will be seeing. Um, sure. So it's designed by Holly Hines, who I think you guys know also. Uh, and it's very simple. The idea was just a lot like Symphony in C or Suite en Blanc or a work that reflects the company at its current time. So the quarter ballet is all in white, two twos and the men are in white. Uh, classical ballet with some modernish things, but white tights. And then the soloists are all in black. And the idea is it's an ensemble that works in these solos burst from it the deconstruction part of it a little bit is the fact that it doesn't stop and pause between each so some of them overlap and uh, or connect to each other um and i think it's four three male variations and five female variations and then a part of her but the entire time is the ensemble and it's only the first movement and just my first experience was liberace playing this on tour <laughs> <laughs> and I remember him playing the whole thing to the camera. And uh -huh. <laughs> this is the tackiest piece of music I've ever heard. So I had to separate myself from that over 50 years. And then, uh -huh. then just fell in love with it again. And exactly as you said, it is so danceable. And you stop the music and the whole company sings along the next few bars because they know it so well. I love music right. like that. And, I get that it's viewed some by some as tacky, but I think that we also, a lot of our audience don't hear this music if it's not through us, if we're not bringing it right. 
to our ballet, ballet audience, how are they hearing it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that those big, great pieces of music should be on ballet stages too. So yeah. it's a celebration. It's a fingerprint. Here's the company. Here's the next 10 years of the company. Yeah. Here are the stars who are just about to burst. And uh, let's let's have a big celebration. And I think that that, that was the concept. Yeah. It's only the first movement, so it's still all very up. Yeah. I think it's definite. I think that is also the exciting part is that you really see the next ten to fifteen years of the the company right there, mm. and how interesting and diverse uh, they all are in their strengths and just everything and, and, and musical and musicality, and also many of them are products or have spent. Uh, several years in the Houston Ballet Academy. And so again, it's a it's an organizational success, you know, and that is um that means the flame is very healthy. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the areas in which the two of you are, are actively collaborating, be it programming or casting or um things of that nature. What are some of the places, you know, so Stanton, you're choreographed and Julie, you're coaching and teaching, but where do we come together and um, fully collaborate? Well, I still think it's actually sort of an all of that stuff in a way. I mean, we, as a big company, like evaluations, for example, on dances are fulfilled by all the ballet staff, myself and Julie. There's many discussions. There's paperwork because we're a big organization. Um, So it feels actually quite collaborative in all of those topics not necessarily as I go into the studio but I'm certainly spurting out ideas to Julie all the time and as a sounding board for ideas Mm -hmm. concepts and I feel the same casting wise back I mean we're not working in a a void and I think that 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 yin and the yang has to support each other to to make the fire there that's an analogy the rubbing Um, So, yeah, I, I think it's sort of in everything right now. I certainly feel like I, I want to share all the managerial elements of the company with Julie too because it's a big place and we've got history. And then for her to see what we've been doing and recommend back, it just it just takes time. And I think that, that's, all, that's, that's the thing for me. I think it'll all continuously evolve, but it should all be in some way collaborative and there should be nothing that's really... Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's all it's all very collaborative. And as I was saying before, I there's just so much to learn. I mean, this is a huge organization. And the wonderful thing is that it's I can learn and it's still moving forward and dynamic and I can contribute, but it's not like, okay, the whole thing kind yeah. of has to ground to halt right. while I figure everything out. Yeah. Right. And so, um, <laughs> right. It's a, uh, it's, it's all really exciting and inspiring. There's just a lot of conversation and, and, and I'm learning so much from Stanton and he's been just an incredibly successful um, director and, choreographer for 20 years i mean that is a, through all these uh huge challenges and and um through tragedy and through uh great success you know all of triumphs tragedies all of the things <laughs> and uh so it's a great um 
it's a, just a great opportunity and I'm loving it and uh, learning so much. I'm kind of curious for both of you, how how you are in the studio right now, like Julie, you have all these new dancers in front of you. You seem so inspired by them. How is that making you feel in the studio? And then Stanton, how are you feeling maybe by having some of this weight off your shoulders? Are you feeling like you're able to kind of bring something different into the studio? I slept in. I don't think I've slept in for years. <laughs> actually, I've literally slept in the other day. And also the fact that in 20 years, I've never come into the studio without a meeting before so wow. this last week when I made the ballet, I just came from home into the studio, listening to the music in the car, humming, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ballet, ballet, ballet. And that was humongous for me, like wow. changing for me. It reminded great. me of why I wanted to make ballet, you know. That, and not that I hate the meetings before, but, they're, they're, you know, you can literally be in a meeting 30 seconds into a full call trying to get your brain onto what you're trying to push forward. Uh, they can be all sorts of, yeah, and that is a huge relief. And also, you know, that we can just talk about something. What do you think? That to yeah. me. Mm. And with trust, yeah. without it feeling like you were betraying the company by going outside. This is internally. Right. Very strong artistic staff. We're very sherry. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that Julie and they would really love each other. And I think that, that that's great. Sorry. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> but before Julie chimes in, I'm just thinking of the things, because Julie had mentioned all the things that Stanton has shepherded the company through. And I'm thinking, I was thinking, starting to think more specifically, you know, we were talking about the recession obviously COVID, flooding, and, you know, no company is immune to those things. They will inevitably, something like that will happen again, but you'll have a team. So, you know, if you are dealing with something really dramatic and um, that requires a lot of attention, maybe Stanton doesn't need to be there, you know, 30 seconds into his choreographic call, or, you know, Julie can actually go teach the class without panicking that, you know, it's 10 minutes and we should have been doing plies. You know, you have that sort of shared responsibility now. And I mean, for me, uh, those were rough things. But then when my husband died was by far the more tragic moment. And just to be able to go away from the ballet and not feel guilty about not seeing a show was a big was a real struggle for me and i think that that is that's like co-parenting i know i feel complete trust leaving the company in the hands of julie while i can deal with what i need to do we both have parents the same age you know we have other julie has kids (laughs) Uh, so there are there are things that we have in our outside lives that i think directors are often not thought of to have to deal with as well and they're, they're big life right. moments and I think to mm-hmm. have the flexibility to go to a funeral to go to a hospital to go without feeling that tear is mm-hmm. a unique well, for me felt like a very unique experience and something that I was very hungry to try to mm-hmm. find a way if I needed to go to Australia tomorrow I know we could do it right right yeah. right yeah yeah and, and Julie, I just wonder what it's been like for you being in the studio with these dancers. Um, I love it. I mean, I, I, I love 
the little things, right? I'm a, such a little, very small detail person. I really am a big believer in details make are the difference between good and great in pretty much any field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I'm always amazed at how just the smallest detail really does have an impact. I don't think it's just my eye, uh, but uh, so I love I, I love that. And, you know, one of my sort of, as you probably know, just from talking to me, I'm a big metaphor person, right? So like I, um, my, how I sort of initially described what I hope for with all the dancers is that um, I feel like from my career, I was really privileged and fortunate to work with so many different people that all I felt invested in me, like they believed in me or they wanted me to be better, right? They believed I could be better and they gave, they said to me things that they uh, felt like would help me. Um, And they, when I made mistakes, they taught me about them and they softened disappointments and they celebrated triumphs and um, all all manner of things that when you start your career as a very young person and you don't really know any much about anything uh, and then you end up having a, a you go through so much in, in all that time. And so I feel like the metaphor is that I, I was given all these many, many keys from so many different people and that all my keys are their keys. And so I will, I will share them with them, but they have to open the door, right? I can't unlock them. I can't do it for them, but I'm happy to try to, uh, see what they can unlock in themselves and I think that that's a really exciting uh and some of the keys are very different some are very mechanical like okay don't sickle your foot or you have to turn out both legs or, you know like physical things and some are just how you think about something uh, unlocking your imagination unlocking a thought process unlocking big big picture things or little picture things how you approach something what what you feel, what it looks like, or, you know, all these, all these different kinds of of thoughts that, uh, you know, in all the years I spent in the studio, I danced a lot, but I talked, we talked a lot too, (laughs) you know, it was a lot of talking, it was a lot of laughing, it was a lot of love, it was a lot of uh, understanding. And um, so that is what I love. And um, it's, it feels uh, really special to be here. And um, so, yeah, that's. I'm also thinking from like a dancer perspective, Michael and I went through a director transition. A lot of dancers have had that happen before, and it can be just such a time of so much uncertainty just because you don't know what's going to happen. And I imagine that for the dancers having you come in while Stanton's still there, there's still this familiarity. They don't feel like everything's just going to all of a sudden be turned upside down. It's just like there's a continuity still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that must be really yeah, I nice. Think that's super important. I, I think that when I became director with Ben, I tried to, for the first decade, really have a lot of involvement, not not a weaning process, but 
a, a transition process that it was important that you don't right angle and say everything before is wrong. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that I too went through different directions as as did you, right. and and there were people that just made choice over being different, and there were people that I loved what the organization was and and continued like a big steering wheel trying to turn it towards something different. So. I, right. I think that that's really important for all organizations that it's not just a a right angle. Right. Right. Let's hear a little bit about this season so far and what audiences in Houston uh, can continue to expect to see. Well, we opened the season very early, um, <laughs> in, just after Labor Day, with uh, John Newmeyer's A Midsummer Night's Dream. And it was, I had never seen it before. And so I was amazed and thrilled that it was, it's a huge ballet and, and wonderful to have John with us yeah. here. So that was another lots of circles from uh, working with John at ABT and then to have him here in Houston. And uh, it was really it felt very at home. Uh, and then just shortly so the way we work is we have basically a program that runs for two weeks and then immediately after another program that runs for two weeks. And then we share the theater with the opera and we prepare another program and then we go back. So it's sort of this incredible uh, work process. It's a very, very long contract for the dancers. So it's a very, very productive season. Uh, so we've already done two programs. The second program is a triple bill. It was um a beautiful piece that uh, Stanton had choreographed to uh, Ravel for San Francisco Ballet called Tutu. It's from 2001. And I know. And it's all from uh, the, the, uh, the, the principals were sort of colleagues of mine. So Muriel Mafre and Manuel Tan, Gonzalo Garcia, and um, Damien. Uh, Smith. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Jeez, these are the people that Rebecca and I, because I also, I went to SAB, but I also went to San Francisco Ballet School, which is where Rebecca went. And so that's like, you're talking about some people. of our big idols. Like when yes, you that's would, the dream they would dream. rehearse. Yeah. They were, oh my God. Parish <laughs> Maynard. Parish, right. Yeah. Oh, Parish. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so that God. was. So, so I'll just say this too. So also in the Court of Ballet was Francis. Like the Court of oh. Ballet was Francis, Francis. and Jennifer. I mean, it, it was like stacked. Oh, stacked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's a that was quite the roster. Piece. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so beautiful. And then we had a world premiere. Annabelle Lopez Ochoa created a new piece Del- entitled Delmira uh, about the life story of Delmira Agustini, who was a Uruguayan poet who lived a very short life and dramatic life. Um, and then we closed the program with Stars and Stripes, which was a lot of fun. Uh, then we went to Fall for Dance at City Center. And now we're back in the studio uh, preparing for Nutcracker and the Jubilee, which is a one night only performance. And we're celebrating Stanton's 20, 20 years. And then we go on in the season. We have another, I think, five programs. We have Poot and Cinderella, Meyerling from Sir Kenneth of Millen, and then two other rep- full repertory programs. Outdoor shows at Miller. Um, yeah, outdoor performances uh, here at a local venue. Um, Those we, answers are fed. <laughs> yeah, two, <laughs> two more world premieres: White Rodin and 
not just no no maybe it's just two this year oh no it's because i'm counting myself so that, oh. that's the three <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah overgrown path we have Killian. kim harbour's uh filigree and shadow and stanton's bespoke uh tchaikovsky paradox tisha uh, uh, e- e- elapse eclipse elapse Anyway, we're very, very busy. You got something of everything, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you know how it is for our brain, we're already budgeting for the following year. So October is when we have to have all that done. So uh, it's interesting. I I never feel like the current rep is actually the rep that I'm explaining. Totally, yeah. It's funny because I was just recently um, having a conversation with a mom of a dancer. You know, she was kind of trying to figure out she wants to be a professional. So it's like, you know, where do we go? What do we do? And, you know, one of the things we were talking about was like, what companies would you be interested in? And when I hear you guys talking about how much dancing the dancers have there, I just think that that's something for young dancers to take in and think about too, because I mean, and such a broad range of what they're doing. It's just so exciting to hear. And what I love choreographically and the dancers love it too, is that we do a tech in the evening and we have the whole next day rehearsals, tech, then normally two days, then a dress rehearsal, whole next day, dress rehearsal, whole next day, open. What? My whole career is dress rehearsal, open. Yeah. No notes, no <laughs> calmness, no how are you, nothing. And here we get those four goes on stage with hours of conversation afterwards. That is a uh, game changer. Wow. It makes right. the show better. It makes the opening night better, the lines better, everything. It's just that is the Eden part of, of here. Right. So you're, so you're saying mental health is also great there too, is what you're saying. Yeah, you're you're not still sad from the dress rehearsal you bombed the night before. <laughs> yes. you, know, you know. <laughs> you're not saying get this dress off me, I can't dance in it. Yeah. Right. You've you've got four days to get the dress rebuilt before it opens. Right. That's, yeah, that is a big deal. (laughs) That's great. That's incredible. Well, I feel like maybe just to round us out, we could hear uh, maybe some mutual goals you both have moving forward. Where would you two like to see the company um, 10 years from now? Um, I know my current fixation is that we need to film ourselves. So that what happened in COVID with the filming, I was really impressed by the outreach that did for us internationally. And that we might only get a $5 gift from someone who'd only seen us off YouTube, who lives in Outback Australia, is still a really, that that inspired me. So I would love to see Houston Valley get a little bit more into the filming so that our nutcrackers, our full lengths, uh, filmed and we have filmed in the past, but never in Houston. Mm. We've filmed ourselves in Paris, we've filmed ourselves in Denmark, but we haven't filmed ourselves on the Wortham, which is behind us. And that is a glorious stage. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of showing the world what we look like in Houston, not on tour, would, would is really important, I think. Yeah. But that's one of the things. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't realize our two things were going to overlap so much, but I feel like Houston Ballet and Houston as a city uh, needs to, exposure. it's a, exposure. It's yeah. an 
almost like a hidden gem. It is a hidden gem. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and to for it to be more widely, globally, nationally recognized for what they have accomplished uh, and the caliber of the productions, the dancers, the city, the atmosphere, the culture um, is something that I would really prioritize because it's it's really, really special. So um, that will be incorporated into all of our work, I think, in the, in the next 10 years. We're going to get Julia Cowboy hat. That's my yeah. <laughs> That's ten year goal. Julie needs she a hasn't two stepped yet either. <laughs> so okay, one, two. one, one and well we love hearing about everything that's going on in houston and we love to share it with our audiences and it's just what a delight to talk to the two of you always but to have you guys together and i just think the dancers have such a special treat with the two of you working together and i'm sure that they're getting the best of you now because you get to share this role together hope so yeah <laughs> Thank, thank you both so much. We're so, we're so jealous of Houston audiences and of your dancers. So oh, come on over, yeah. come on over, and let's do a uh, let's do a live interview somewhere. And we would love to. Always uh, welcome. We yeah. always welcome. Yeah. We'll have to continue that conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so much, you too. Thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Michael. Conversations on dance is part of the Acast Creator Network. For more information, visit conversationsondancepodpod.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.